Welcome to the AW Confidential Podcast. I'm the founder of Awakened Women and author of A Journey to Becoming the Best Self. AW is about sharing stories. I believe it's one of the best ways to create connection, heal, and learn from one another. I hope you join me and some guests along the way as we explore different perspectives and experiences on topics about women, for women, and to inspire, empower, and encourage women. Welcome to another episode of the AW Confidential Podcast. Gabrielle Stone is an actress, director, host of FML Talk, and author of best-selling books like Eat, Pray, F My Life, and The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl. I'm currently reading the part one, and I'm so excited to have her here today. If you haven't heard of her book yet, A, go pick it up, ladies. And if you haven't read it, you may have seen her on her TikTok as she has millions of followers following her amazing journey to a badass boss. Like many of us, Gabrielle experienced love, divorce, betrayal, and struggled with self-help, self-worth, and self-love. And the difference is she turned it around and wrote a bestseller about herself, uh, becoming her best self and just her soul searching journey, as I believe she's called it. Gabrielle, welcome. I am so excited to have you, as you can tell. I can't, like I'm bursting out of my body right now. Like you're so amazing. Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So as I mentioned, I have started reading your book. And for anyone who is not familiar and is listening to our conversation today, can you give us a short synopsis without giving too much away about the ending, which obviously it's it's a story sort of just, you know, still in progress, thankfully. Um, <laughs> but you're in a different and just more... Um, how do I, I want to say you're just in a chapter where you're more whole today, but tell us a little bit about um, FML. Yeah. So I was married for almost two years, found out my husband was having an affair with a 19 year old for six months, filed for divorce, left. And shortly after that, I met a guy, an actor from LA, fell madly in love with each other and had this kind of whirlwind romance of like, meet my family, have my babies, like all the fairy tale bullshit. And he invited me on a month long trip to Italy. 48 hours before we were getting on the plane, he told me he needed to go by himself and broke up with me. And I was absolutely devastated. Like this man broke my heart, like my ex-husband never could have done. And in that decision, in that moment, I had a decision to make, and that was either stay at home heartbroken or go travel for a month by myself. So I took a backpack and I did six countries over the span of a month and wrote the book, Eat, Pray, FML. Six countries in a month. I did uh, read that somewhere. That's insane, by the way. So short story, but when I got divorced... I was devastated. I, you know, I thought I was going to live with this man for the rest of my life and, you know, have side by side rocking chairs. 
doesn't always happen the way we mm-hmm. visualize it. But I decided to literally at 2 a.m. in the morning buy a ticket, just go somewhere, anywhere. I ended up going to Yellowstone. Yours oh, I love is that. <laughs> that's amazing. You, but you went to Italy. I mean, you went to several countries. I mean, se- several um, most amazing places. Can you tell us what was going through your head? Because I know for me, I sort of just wanted a clean slate. I wanted to, I was so lost. How did this all come about? Why'd you stay? And by the way, ladies, Gabrielle actually sat on the plane with this amazing guy, but you guys weren't together. No, he had broken up with me two days before the trip and It all just happened so fast. I really didn't even have time to think about it, but I am a very big believer in everything happens for a reason. And, you know, my past, I had lost my father when I was very young. I then lost my high school sweetheart when I was 18 in a car accident. And um, I've always had this fear of abandonment um, and not feeling like I was okay and safe on my own. And this was the universe's very clear way of making me go face all that shit head on in a big way across the world. So I knew that whatever the trip was going to bring was going to be very life-changing, but I didn't know it was going to be as life-changing as it has been. Wow. It's just, as you talk about it, I I get teary-eyed because- I know exactly like where your mind was and what you were sort of, well, I mean, from my perspective, as far as my experiences, but I felt like there was a piece of me that was, I don't know, I didn't, I felt like I didn't know who I was. I felt lost. And I think taking that trip was sort of, you know, trying to figure out who am I? What is my purpose? What is there was so many question marks. Were you sort of in that headspace during that time? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the biggest question I had was how do I love myself? Because so many times you hear, well, you have to love yourself before you can love someone else. And loving yourself is the most important thing. And I was sitting there going, okay, cool. Like I'm ready to do that. Can anyone tell me how? And nobody had a clear instruction on how you are supposed to love yourself. And For me, that's a lot about what this journey was, was healing the abandonment wounds, discovering how capable and amazing I was on my own, and really learning what it meant to love myself and how to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm all about self-love. It's really, it's a really cool process. I mean, it's a painful process. It sucks, actually. (laughs) But, (laughs) But at the same time, like I remember when I was younger, I thought about, you know, the Disney story, finding my prince and falling in love and having this great, amazing story. But the truth, and I know it sounds cliche, but the truth is that once I learned self-love, there's nothing that compares to that. Mm. And it's a constant practice. It's not like, oh, I found myself and, you know, I love myself and, you know, sort of it stops there. It, it's a process and you have to keep practicing that because I think as women, we tend to want to nurture and take care of others. And it's easy to forget uh, ourselves, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you haven't gotten to this part of the book yet because it's written in the as the epilogue um, because I didn't figure all of the pieces out on my trip. It happened when I came home. But 
really for me, it was this big aha moment when I realized that loving yourself isn't necessarily looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, I love you, Gabrielle. Like if you can do that more power to you, but I always felt like a crazy person. Um, it was really the act of doing things that makes your soul happy. So for me, it was just like writing down a checklist and saying, okay, all of these things make me feel better and make my soul happy. I'm going to give myself at least one of these things every single day. And on better days, I'm going to give myself two things if I can. Um, and it really changed my perspective on it because when you realize that self-love is simply doing things that make you feel love, it's totally life-changing. When we think about how we're going to love a friend or a parent or a child or a significant other, we do things that make them experience love. So when we're talking about self-love, why would we not do those things for ourselves? Ooh, I love that you said that. <laughs> I have to work on my bucket list. <laughs> That's one of the things that I do. But I show myself love by making sure that I do those things, let's say every week. And sometimes I, I'm, I can't say every day, but every week, just find things that, you know, sort of bring me joy. It's not about anyone else, but me in that moment. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. I think it's a good reminder for us to do that. So I want to backtrack a little bit because one of the things that I've written about is these red flags that we all talk about. And I'm bringing that up because throughout at least the parts that I've written, that I've read in the book, you talk about something called the surge. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's almost like this powerful feeling that comes over you when something is off or doesn't feel right. And I believe in it. I mean, people call it different things. It's intuition. It's your gut. It's something feels off. It's that sort of sense that something is not right. Now, is that what you were referring to? when you spoke about the surge? Yeah, I think it can be your intuition flaring up to make you feel like something is definitely not okay. Um, the surge can also be when something happens, like that feeling you get when you're experiencing a trauma. Um, I always give the example of like when you got called into the principal's office when you were younger, it was like that, like your stomach drops out of your ass or when you find out your husband's having an affair with a 19 year old. Um, it's that like, intense feeling in the pit of your stomach where you're like, oh, this is not good. Mm -hmm. So red flags or um, just those signs that I'm not sure if that it's that we miss them or we ignore them. I think sometimes it's a little bit of both. I think it's um, definitely a little bit of both. <laughs> and I want us to sort of get into that because I think it is an issue for a lot of us. And I know for myself, I've been cheated on, I mean, plenty of times. I remember I had this one guy who had tons of female friends, tons of them. But it, it was, it, I was in my 20s, early 20s, I was really naive. And I remember he would kiss all of them on the lips. This is how they said hello. And I was like, you know, and I asked him about him once. He was like, no, they're all friends. We just were, you know, we're really close. Mm. And in my head, like I felt it was wrong, but I was like, oh, okay, well, that's how he treats, like, that's how naive we can be. Right. And I knew something was off. So, A, did you have any just red flags that you saw or that maybe, you know, looking back, maybe you missed that can help 
you know, women listening and maybe sort of plant a seed? Yeah. I mean, I think it's an in-depth answer because the two men that I write about in the book are very different. Um, my ex-husband is very narcissistic. Um, I would go as far to say sociopathic. Um, and Javier, who's the man that broke up with me before Europe, is a very damaged human um, that I think hasn't healed a lot of his stuff. So the red flags that I missed um, with my ex-husband um, were really him trying to control me uh, in very nonchalant ways, like suggesting that I get a boob job or, you know, suggesting a specific trainer that he saw at the gym or saying I should dye my hair blonder. Um, but he would say them in a way that didn't sound offensive, if that's possible. Like, you know, like mm -hmm. he was, you know, suggesting things that he thinks would look hot. Um, and one specifically, which I very was very well aware of the fact that it was wrong, but I wasn't aware of what it meant long-term, um, was when he said, you know, if you want to continue working as an actress, that's fine, but you need to continue paying like your half of rent and your half of the bills. If you want to be a stay-at-home wife, then you can stop working and I'll take care of everything. So more or less trying to get me to quit on my dreams, uh, so that he could financially control me. So all of these things were little signs of him trying to mold me into this person that I wasn't. Um, and luckily I was just not the one that was going to be victim to that. Uh, I can't say that the people he's ended up with after have had the same luck and I feel a lot of sympathy for those people. Um, and then, you know, there were the obvious red flags that I recognized in the relationship, which, you know, he met me as an actress and he had the biggest problem with my career. Anytime I was on set, like, and I hung out with anyone, you know, any cast members that were male or God forbid, I had a kissing scene, like it was hell to pay. Um, so those were the red flags I missed for my ex-husband for Javier. Um, and can I mention the second phone? Oh, the, yeah. Oh, yeah. That weird switch with the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, by that time we were like in, we were at the carnival. We weren't looking for red flags anymore. Like they were everywhere. <laughs> um, but with Javier, at it, the was carnival. More, it was more, um, it didn't feel like there were red flags as I was walking into it. Um, and even now looking back on it, it's only because I'm educated on, on what love bombing looks like, um, that I know why some of the behavior was red flag behavior and that, for people, if they don't know what love bombing is, it's basically where you're showered with attention, showered with I love you's early on, like everything goes from zero to 100 very quickly, like meet my family, we're, you know, I'm calling you my girlfriend a weekend. Um, it's very intense, very fast. And uh, it can happen either when someone is a full-blown narcissist and trying to like make, make you fall for them and then so they can control you or if someone has a void within them and they meet you and they realize that, oh, this person's making me feel better. I just want more and more and more of them because they're making me feel better and fix me, fix me, fix me. And eventually they'll realize that that feeling isn't working anymore. It's not fixing. And that void is still there because no one can fix you other than you. Um, and that's what I feel like happened with Javier. He had that void. And unfortunately I was you know, then love bombed in that way, which made the breakup so much harder. 
So you've been through this, you know, traumatic experience. You came out on the other side. And I know there are tons of lessons that you've learned throughout the process. But what was the one surprising thing that you so far have learned about yourself throughout this whole journey? And I think you've come out on the good side of it. Definitely. Um, There were so many lessons on that trip, but I think the biggest one that I came home with was that I'm never truly abandoned because I will never abandon myself. And that was, it sounds so simple, but that was a huge, huge revelation for me um, and allowed me to kind of detach from the trauma response that I had around being abandoned. Um, That was a really big one for me. And uh, really on a more simple level was just how incredibly capable I am that like I could go and navigate different countries by myself and not need help and not only do it successfully, but have a really good time doing it. And I, can you share maybe an adventure or two that you had? What was the most amazing? I haven't done Europe yet. What was the most amazing place you saw or just the most incredible experience that you had that you sort of never imagined um, living? Like, just give us a taste of um, I think Europe. my favorite spot that I went to on that specific Europe trip was Barcelona. Um, and I think that had a lot to do with the people that I met there. Um, but it was just a very special experience um, that Barcelona like stole my heart. I could live there. And um, a lot of the the people that I met there, that was the first stop on my journey where I really started to see things differently. Um, and take that first really big leap on my healing journey. So I think that that's probably the top one for me. I love that. I love that. Now, as far as life lessons, what has been that life lesson that you feel that will always sort of stay with you that you might not have had were it not for the experience you've had? Uh, there's two that come to mind. I think the first is when people show you who they are, believe them. The oh my gosh. One. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <sighs> I um, have that on my mirror. That's, that's funny. Oh. It's uh, it's very true and very accurate. And so many times we excuse people's behavior when it does not deserve that. Um, and the second one would be to keep your heart open. So many times I get asked, like, weren't you scared to get into a relationship after your divorce? And if there was ever a time to close my heart off, it would have been after finding out my husband was cheating and the divorce. But if I would have done that, I wouldn't have met Javier. I wouldn't have fallen in love. I wouldn't have gone on this crazy trip that changed my life as a human. I wouldn't have written a book about it. And I wouldn't be in the career that I am now changing women's lives around the world. So Really, if you keep your heart open, one of two things will happen. You're either going to be wildly happy and in love, or you're going to be heartbroken, but it's going to take you exactly where you need to be. So it's worth it either way. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when, um, when I got divorced initially that I literally shut down emotionally. I, I think they call it numbing, but I turned off every emotion And what I learned is when you shut off those emotions, you also shut off joy, happiness, just the feel good ones too. 
Um, and I did fall in love again. And I absolutely agree with you. It's better. And I know that's a cliche, but it's better to stay open to the possibilities because um, there's just so much more joy. Even if your heart gets broken again, mm -hmm. there's definitely so much more joy. You miss out on so much when you shut yourself off from emotion. Yeah. And that and doesn't I, mean I, to like blindly walk forward with your eyes shut and ignore all the red flags. And that doesn't mean that if you get out of something and you feel like, I need to take time to heal me. That's different than I'm going to put up walls and be completely blocked to everything. Well, I was going to actually ask you about that. So I have learned, I mean, for me, that the way I, you know, fell in love that first time, it was just like blind, crazy love. Like, it, you know, it, it was just so different. I think the way I love now is it's I call it falling in love with my eyes wide open like it's mm. just different I and it's that. not that it's not that I don't like I don't have that capacity to love I do I can love you to death but it's different mm -hmm. because I at the end of the day I love myself more I will always love myself more because there was you know it, it just that didn't exist in my book before. Do you find that that is sort of true in your case? Like, are you in love now? Or I am. I actually just uh, got engaged in Italy, which I is know very that, by full the way. circle. <laughs> uh, Congratulations. People, yeah. Thank you. People will read all about um, how I got to that point in the sequel, which is The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl. Um, but yeah, I feel like when you can find that love within yourself and know that that's your starting point. And that's not to say that you like have to do that before you get into a relationship. You can do a lot of healing and growing while you're in a relationship. Um, but when you have that love within yourself, it's you're not asking for anyone else to fill your cup up. You're just asking them to add to your life. Um, and that becomes a different responsibility for a partner in a very good way. So I think, yeah, it's, and, and I love that quote that you said falling in love with your eyes open that's beautiful thanks it, yeah it it feels and it feels different I feel different yeah um so you this is and I and I know I keep going back and forth but I wanted to hit a few like different um points you backpacked in a month you went to six six countries mm -hmm. And you wrote this book. I, I read that you didn't have like formal training. Neither did I. I never thought about writing a book. Neither did you. Do you find that? And I, and I also read that you wrote it in your leather bound journal, which I, I admire because I, you know, I always have my notebooks, but that that's tough. Just writing yeah. that out sort of throughout did you want to do that because you had it fresh in your mind or you were inspired? What was all that about? Um, I decided I was going to write it the day before I left and it just kind of hit me. I knew it was something I was supposed to do. I had never written a book before. I could bullshit the hell out of an English essay, but that's like about the extent of it. Um, and I took my leather bound journal and I wrote three fourths of it really, maybe even a little more on the trip by hand in that. And I think there's something really special writing by hand because the, the thoughts and emotions and feelings that you have inside you are physically coming out of your body onto the paper. And there's a, 
there's a release in that. Um, I think that's why people journal. So for me, writing this as it, I was living it and, you know, I would wake up the next morning and like write about the day. And it wasn't like I was journaling, like you open that journal and it's like chapter one, like it was written close to how the published book is published. Um, wow. With the, it, wait, with the chapter titles, because I love those, oh yeah. by the way. Oh yeah. The, oh, all wow. of that is like written in the journal. Like it's very, very close to how the, the published book is. And, um, yeah, I, I felt like it was therapy for me and it helped me work through all the different emotions I was feeling. And uh, it made it, I think that's why people, when they read it, feel like they're on the adventure with me because I was writing it in real time as it was happening. Absolutely. I love that. Hopefully you'll give us some more soon. I mean, There's I always something I to write live, about. I got to live a little <laughs> bit more life first, but maybe one day. <laughs> So uh, there's, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of people that are just going through, um, you know, struggles after the pandemic, there's been more divorces, there's been more people just sort of evaluating or reevaluating their lives, um, myself included, you, you sort of think about, you know, am I really happy? Is this person making me happy? Is this job making me happy? There's so many questions right now. I think as a whole, as human beings, honestly, I think if you're not questioning, you know, just your, your life right now, it's, um, I'd be surprised. So for women that are sort of in situations that maybe aren't exactly like yours, but maybe they're thinking, well, I'm really not happy, but I'm, I'm conforming, I'm settling, things are okay. Um, but I'm deeply just, I know something doesn't feel right. Are there any tools that you can, for me, I swear by therapy. I think everyone oh, should have therapy. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> but are there any tools that you use that help you? Because I can honestly say you just, you're in a very different place. Like I have started reading the book and that girl and this woman, we had a couple of words before we started it's just like you bloomed. Yeah. Very different. Thank you. And I think that, you know, whenever you feel like you're settling or conforming, I hate both of those words because we should never settle and we should never conform. Um, you need to really start discovering what makes you happy and what brings your soul joy and start doing more of that. Um, if you're not happy in your relationship, fucking leave. Like if, it, it, nothing is worth compromising your happiness. Like if you're saying, well, like it's good enough, that's not good enough. Like good enough is not good enough. Um, and it's, there is so much more out there when you start to always choose you and always put yourself first. Um, so I would say really go inward and take a look at what you feel is missing and the things that you can add, uh, add in more to your life to start bringing out that happiness. Cause we're on this weird rock floating, floating throughout space for a very short time and a very long time, depending on how you want to look at it. And life is too long and too short to not be happy. So always chase that and always prioritize that. So what would you say? Three things, the top three things that women or men should do um, if they're sort of in that, I don't know, it's almost like you do get stuck. And I think it's normal for all of us at some point or other to get stuck, but it's also our responsibility to ourselves to get unstuck and find the ways to, you know, 
find whatever it is that brings you joy. So three things, just like if you were in an island, what three things you would take? Uh, what three yeah. things? <laughs> what three things would Gabrielle um, just recommend or suggest? Um, I mean, I would start with definitely therapy and I get that like not everybody can afford to go to a therapist. Um, I have a self-love healing journey uh, journal that I created called Fuck Off, I'm Healing. And it's literally a step-by-step -step guide of me walking you through with different prompts and different questions to unpack different traumas that you went through in your life, to heal from things, to really like ask those important questions and get to know what's going on inside yourself in those deeper layers. So some form of therapy, whether that's like listening to mental health podcasts, like whatever it is that you need to do. I know so many people that listen to my podcast, they're like, this is my therapy. I commit to doing this every Wednesday. Uh, and I love that. So that would be one. Uh, number two would be changing your scenery. So whether that's flying across oh, the country wow. and going to Europe for a month or driving to the beach and spending the day walking around in nature or going on a hike or going on a camping trip, it doesn't have to be something expensive, but Take yourself out into the world and change your scenery. Get out of your house, get out of your neighborhood, get out of your city. Um, and then the third would be um, what I write about in the epilogue, which is your self-love cocktail. Like make that list of things that are going to make your soul happy and commit to doing at least one of those things a day. Oh, gosh, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm already working on these things. I'm working on it. Good. I um, love it. So your book, and I, and I have highlighted some things, um, when you look back at your book at, at FML, I want to say it so badly. <laughs> I know I should have asked before we started this, if I could cuss, I've just been dropping F-bombs like. <laughs> it's okay. Totally fine. We're all adults here. Um, there's so many bits and pieces. Like I collect quotes. So usually I try to wrap up these interviews with a favorite quote, mantra, something that is going to inspire readers on that next chapter. Mm -hmm. When you think back to your book, what is that quote or just chapter or mantra, something that will, other than fuck my life, um, <laughs> that would... Um, you know, give us inspiration. Although I think you are an inspiration period. Oh, thank I'm you. I'm fanning, girl. I'm fanning. <laughs> oh, um, I would say that the light at the end of the tunnel is more beautiful than you have ever imagined. So keep going because I promise you it's so worth it when you get there. Oh my gosh. Thank you so, so much. This conversation has been invaluable, but I did promise to get her off uh, on time. So thank you so much for being here. You're welcome anytime. You're amazing. I'm sure there'll be tons of listeners that will want to follow you or um, check out your book or your journey. Can you just let them know where to find you and how to find you? Yes. We can all find you, but. <laughs> and thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone, TikTok at Gabrielle underscore Stone. The books are Eat, Pray, FML, and The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl. You can get both of those on Amazon or signed by me on my website, which is eatprayfml.com. We also have all the website merch on there and uh, the self-love healing journal you can get on there or on Amazon. And uh, the podcast is FML Talk and airs every Wednesday. Okay. We hope to see more of you soon. Thanks, Thank girl. You. I appreciate it. And thank you for listening to this episode of the AW Confidential Podcast with Gabrielle Stone. Talk to you soon.
Thank you for joining me on this episode of AW Confidential. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with all your friends. You can find me on awakened-woman.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse as Woman Awakened. I'm also on Facebook as AW Inspires. I hope you join me next time on another episode that is sure to be anything but confidential.